I don't know why I <laughs> I don't know why I'm allowed to play music the beginning like don't you guys ever put music on Instagram and then it's like Instagram has removed your story because copyright for and I'm like oh fuck um that song free falling has a little bit of a backstory so whenever I play music for you guys at the beginning of this it's because Chris is unavailable oh he's at the the sliding door poor boy he's like mommy let me in okay here mommy comes um so whenever yeah Chris is unavailable for the purring intro and so I I go into the macbook and I just randomly play a song and so the one that popped up was free falling by Tom Petty rest in peace oh he's still playing by Tom love you and um there's a backstory to that song when I was 15 I had a boyfriend named no I shouldn't say his name that's not very nice okay when I was 15 I had this boyfriend and he played the guitar he's really really good at the guitar like you know those people that are just extremely talented musically so I'd go over to his house and like hang out and I'd be like sitting there like with my extremely padded bra and I'd be like yeah super cool like we're just hanging out and he'd force like I would do anything because I was pathetic back then um he'd watch Top Gun and I'm like ah such a cool movie and I didn't care about Top Gun but I would be like "Mm mm-hmm your name I would say can you play (laughs) I'm so stealth I'd be a really great private investigator I'd be like "Mm hmm can you play more than words you know that song more than words it's all it's like super romantic and I'm if you guys are less than 40 years old then you will not know any of these <laughs> songs maybe you know Tom Petty because he's classic you guys should know extreme though by I mean more than words by extreme it's all you have to do to make you real and then you couldn't have to say that you love me cause I'd already know do 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 okay <laughs> you guys don't know that song it's embarrassing anyway so that's the song I wanted him to play I'm like can you leave play with more than words and now that I know how to play the guitar I know that it's possible to play more than words but he's like hmm no I don't know how to play it. I don't know how to play that song so he played Free Falling by Tom Petty and it's like yeah I'm free <laughs> free fallen it's all about like being single and I was on he didn't give a shit about me and it's been addressed in therapy <laughs> so that was a rough go but anyway that was my intro song welcome to my podcast <laughs> anyway you know what I'm really enjoying you know um I told you guys about the wildfire smoke it's kind of rolled in it's dissipating a little bit but while it was here the perk of it was that it kind of it overpowered the secondhand smoke of the apartment so like we'd walk in after a long day and we'd be like oh there's wildfire smoke and it's like yes I felt like a win yeah it's like you know one point for wildfire smoke zero points for secondhand smoke suckers (laughs) <laughs> but now that the wildfire smoke's kind of diminishing a little bit, you can kind of smell the secondhand smoke because that shit comes back strong. <laughs> it's like a cat with nine lives. It's got like 18,009 lives. <sighs> but what I'm doing to combat the secondhand smoke is I figured this out is I'm burning incense because incense has like 
um, an earthy scent to it. It's a little bit strong and extra hippie, but you know, I can, it's good, but it's got that smoke smell to it. So it's not like, you know, like if I burned a, a vanilla candle or like vanilla cup, pumpkin cupcake candle, it would smell like, oh, a vanilla pumpkin cupcake candle just smoked a pack of cigarettes and <laughs> died in the gutter. So yeah, you know what? Life, <laughs> like the problems of life, they are solvable. Anyway, I barely got any sleep last night. Um, it's, I feel like a little bit silly. And uh, I ran 13 miles, oh, 12.77 or something. Laura and I have this route that we've run. Wow, we've done this for years. It's like, I don't know, like if you guys have followed me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you'd know like the route that we do. It's beside the freeway and then we come back along the trail. It's pretty sweet. And we, you know, like sometimes it gets windy or weathery or the traffic's bad and we kind of have to yell, but we literally talk the whole time the whole time we're like blah 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 and then he blah 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 and then I blah 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 and this is how it made me feel and we talk about the whole time and it's amazing and it's been a long time since we've run that route so we did that last night and we actually came back along north parallel road beside the freeway and I guess we got just misjudged the time of the sunset because we were running along this dark road like at in the pitch black on a Friday night and I was like Laura and I was in the middle of a very very serious important conversation I was like you know what I think I might need to stop talking because I think we need to like pick up the pace and get this done because otherwise we're gonna get hit by a drunk driver like you know you just get that feeling and we're like let's go let's pick it up so that was exciting I think I'm gonna get 60 miles this week uh, this, and that's incredible. So I don't want to jinx it. Oh, Chris, can you hear Chris in the litter box? Um, I don't want to jinx it. Cause every time I think that I'm going to do 60 miles, then come Sunday and it's like, Oh, something came up or like, I don't know, it's an emergency or I got injured or whatever. But if I run nine miles tomorrow, which is totally doable after work, then I've got 60 miles. And this is the first time I've run 60 miles since we moved here and we moved here June 5th. So that's a long time. So I'm going to hit a 60 mile week. Hopefully, hopefully that's pretty cool. Very excited. Um, yeah. So I slept like four hours and 45 minutes last night. I got, I woke up and had to go pee and I got a drink, apple juice. And I look at the time and it's 545 and I'm like, my alarm clock's going to go off at six. So I'm just going to get up right now. But today was the first day besides, besides the weekend that I took off for Jesse's surgery that I didn't work on a, a full Saturday. Cause I work weekends, right? Like full Saturday, full Sunday. And, um, I was like, Oh, that's okay. And then I kind of, I kind of got cocky about it last night. I'm like, well, I can stay up really late because I can come home and have a nap tomorrow, which is today. So I came home and I was all stoked about like, climbing into bed and turning the sound machine on the white noise machine and getting all cozy in my clothes and Chris was all cozy with me and I lay there for an hour and a half and couldn't sleep because I'm not a napper I know it's probably shocking but like my mind was going and going and I was getting frustrated and I can feel myself getting anxious like those like hot 
flashes kind of anxiety where I get like, I'd panic and like, I would think about the future. I'd be like, okay, well tonight, what if I, what if I feel like this tonight and I can't sleep? Well, what if, um, like I need, what if I, like, I felt like I have a bit of sore throat because when I ran in Abbotsford last night, Abbotsford's air quality is way worse than out here in near the city. And I've totally felt it in my throat. And they said, they actually said, I don't know if you guys know this, but the air quality was so bad where we were last night when we ran 13 miles that it's the equivalent if we weren't running. So just standing there, the equivalent of smoking three and a half cigarettes, three and a half, I think three and a half cigarettes in a day. And like, I used to smoke. So like, I know I didn't smoke, like I didn't smoke, 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 but I casually smoked and I know the feeling of it in my throat when I would smoke like just half a cigarette and so like three and a half cigarettes a day that would hurt and so we probably smoked quote-unquote more than three and a half cigarettes by running 13 miles in that and I definitely felt it but today I'm like well I have a sore throat like what if what if I'm getting COVID and I'm getting run down and I'm not getting any sleep and like and then I thought okay Susie, I do not, like, I haven't stopped. I literally have not stopped. I just keep going and going and going and going. And every time that I have a little bit of free time, I'm meeting up with like friends that, and my family and like doing stuff that I haven't been able to do in forever. And so I just jam pack every second of my life with stuff. Not because like, not because I'm not comfortable being alone. I actually crave alone time. But because it's on my list of priorities, like my kids are first and now that they're like, if they're taken care of and then I work and then it's like, Hey, like I want to catch up with people that are going through stuff because everyone's going through stuff. It's not just me. So I'm like, meet them, make eye contact and like, you know, like, but I also want to have fun because it's important to have fun. And I want, you know, like I want to, I want to fill all the pieces of the pie I'm going to fill all the pieces. I'm going to eat all the pieces of the pie. I don't know. You know, my, you get it. So when I couldn't sleep today, I was thinking, okay, this is probably me, like my psyche working itself out because I'm rarely alone and never lying down in a bed in, at 11 o'clock in the morning because I was up, like I worked like 6.30 to 10.30. So I was like, okay, well, Susie, you're not bailing on this because I wanted to like jump up out of bed and like go get a bunch of stuff done because I'm like, well, I'm not going to nap, but I was like, I'm going to force myself to stay in here for an hour and it had already been half an hour. So I'm like, I'm going to force myself to stay in here for an hour, even if I don't sleep just to be alone with myself. It sounded really hot and sexy, but it was not at all. So I'm lying there and I'm doing like all these like hot flashes and anxiety surges. And if you guys have anxiety, then you know what I'm talking about, right? It's like, physically, physiologically, you feel them. They're just like, they rot, they fuck, they take over your body, like head to toe. It's just, you don't, I guess the beginning when someone doesn't have an anxiety disorder and all of a sudden they have like maybe like a nervous breakdown or whatever, and they have their first panic attack, then they feel like they're having a heart attack. But I know that I'm not. (laughs) One day I'm going to have a heart attack and I'd be like, oh yeah, I see you anxiety. (laughs) You're nothing. And then I'm going to die of a jammer. But in the meantime, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, this is anxiety. And all my stress that I, that's been in my body is coming out and I'm just going to let it. 
So I'm like this, so I allowed it. So I gave it some boundaries. And I think that's so important to do when we have anxiety or stress. It's like, you know, let's give it some, we got to let it out, but like, let's give it some boundaries. So I'm like, okay, you have an hour anxiety. You have an hour, you go for it. And I imagine myself, and this is totally, nobody gave me this idea. Okay. I am not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. Just don't just like, I'm just telling you my experience. Okay. So I was lying there on my left side with pillows between my legs. Cause I have, I had five babies and my pelvis is crap. And I'm on my left side and I'm paralyzed with anxiety. So um, I mostly just want to help people with anxiety. So if you have anxiety, then you'll know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to really explain it. Paralyzed with anxiety. I'm sitting there. I'm lying there. And so I imagine myself on top of a wave. So like, you know, like I've never surfed before, but I've seen pictures of people surfing and they're riding the wave like on their surfboard. So I imagine that my body was on it, just how it was on my left side. And it just draped over the top of a wave. Okay. So it's like rolling along toward the beach and sometimes a wave kind of it's calm right and then all of a sudden it will pick up pick up pick up pick up and I'm feeling the intensity and I'm like okay just lean into it and I totally just like I'm I'm on top of the wave my body is wrapped around the top of it and I'm letting it all just take me like I'm letting my body go on that ride and just I'm just letting it, I'm just letting it happen. And instead of, because sometimes when I fight it, like for so many years, so I've had anxiety my whole entire life as a child in my twenties was the worst. I would fight it. I'd be like, whenever I'm in transition with baby childbirth, I do this thing where I'm like rocking back and forth and my head's going back and forth and my hips are going back and forth. And I would, cause that's me just like, I'm in so much pain and I'm coping. Right. So instead of doing that, I'm letting, I'm, I'm leaning into it. I'm like, okay, like totally relaxing into it. And that wave of anxiety is just, it's coming out. It's like, okay, work its way out, work its way out. So I, once in a while, to be honest, like I checked my phone to see if the hour was up and it was mostly an hour, like give the four minutes shy, but like, we're good. Okay. I got to go to Walmart, get groceries. I'm going to go for my run. Um, I need to like check up on my, I have to text my mom back figure out Jake's birthday stuff. Text Jason about like where we're going to have the birthday cake. I have to text Andrew about if he'll let me have the kids for the birthday cake and like all these things. But yeah, it was just, it's just a really good idea to give if you've got anxiety just to give it some boundaries and like let it out you know I don't know that's what works for me like I don't yeah that's just what works for me so I did have an extra bit of time today because I worked a short day and I didn't nap so I ran because I ran so much already this week I only had to run eight miles today my legs were pretty tired because Laura and I kind of gave her yesterday for 13 and then Today, uh, yeah, so just eight miles is good, and then I'll do nine miles tomorrow after work, hopefully after a really good night's sleep, because I didn't get much sleep last night, and so I had some extra time, and I thought a lot, and I was thinking a lot about, I was thinking about hate, so I don't have 
I've never hated anybody. I've never, I've, I, I don't think, I can't think of anybody that I've, I've ever hated. I've held, re- like, I held resentment, um, disappointment, but hate is, it's, ex- like, that, that's, that's a big one, you know? Um, I'm curious to know if you guys have hated anybody. And if you have, like, can you just text me or message me and, like, tell me why and what it was like? And there's no judgment at all. Maybe I'm being a wuss. Maybe my resentment, maybe I'm just, like, downplaying it. I don't know, you know? But I was thinking about hate and kind of where it comes from. Now, this is where it kind of, this is get, my thoughts were, like, pretty raw when I was thinking them. So I'm going to try and explain them, but I'm terrible at speaking. Like I'd rather write, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to try this. Okay. And I can always delete it and whatever. Okay. So uh, my philosophy has been since I, since I first heard this idea, it's not my own. I read it somewhere or I heard it somewhere that the opposite of love isn't hate. Because we always think that, don't we? We're like, well, love is such like this extreme act of emotion. Like it's an emotion that's so extreme and it's, it's a verb, you know? Like we love somebody and when you say I love you, like it's like a, you feel it. Like it's in a hug, it's in a kiss, it's in an embrace. It's like a cozy, you picture a fireplace, you picture like, you know, that kind of feeling. And then the opposite of that would be hate and you think of like when I think of hate I think of cold stark skeletal blood death like I think of that you know but the idea that I got or like read about or whatever is the opposite of love isn't hate it's fear and this is why I believe that that statement is true When, okay, there's a story. So I told you guys about how Jesse got his tonsils out, right? And it was interesting because as, oh, I feel emotional, but I'm going to, I'm not going to cry. So he just turned three. So he probably, he was probably in pain when he was being born. Because you can imagine coming through a canal like that. It's not going to be comfortable. But since his birth experience, which would have been traumatic for him, and I mean trauma like, it doesn't necessarily mean negative, but maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. Like, I, I'm not a philosophy major. I'm a, I have a gym degree. Like, <laughs> But since then, his life has been very comfortable for him physically like we've had some emotional issues and stuff like that but like he physically has not felt acute pain until he hit his chin on the or his sorry not his chin he has hit his chin before he has like a scar under his chin he's he's a wild kid but he hit his eye on the the coffee table but the pain in his eye it's not it's it's it hurts and like the stitches would hurt but he was put under so he wouldn't have felt the stitches but his tonsillectomy, he wouldn't have felt because he was under. But coming out of it, so like the week after would have been sharp, 
And I know this because Katie just had a tonsillectomy and, and Jason had his tonsils out years ago. So like they tell me and the doctors tell me like what, what it feels like typically. And it's like sharp, sharp pain and, and it's almost unbearable. And so when he, Jesse is feeling this in the middle of the night, I I talked about it in a podcast, like three podcasts ago, it was interesting to see how he would cope with it because he was scared and, and fear was his first reaction. So like he would feel the pain and then he would get scared because he's never felt pain before. And so it was interesting to just see the progression of thoughts. So he's in pain and then he is fearful and then I am there to give him pain medication and comfort him. Okay. So I'm like, I'm putting a cap on the fear and I'm giving him pain medication. So his pain is going away and his fear is going away because I'm there. Now I think about adults. We are, when we're in pain, we move from pain and then we feel fear, right? And because we're the adults, we don't have, we don't have anyone higher than us. Like that's why kind of people with a faith tend to do better with uh, managing addictions and whatnot. 12 step programs proven to show that like, if you have a higher power, you actually stay sober longer. But anyway, like people of the faith tend to handle pain better and also stay in shitty relationships for too long. But anyways, but they handle pain better because there's this cap, like there's someone up there that's like, like not an adult, but just somebody that's giving you that, like that shushing you back down, you know, like back down to earth, like shush, it's okay. Like you don't have to be scared and that will make the pain less. And then we can learn how to manage the pain. But for a lot of adults, fear is the breeding ground for hate or resentment, right? So like we feel pain and then for a split second, we're scared and we convert it to hate because we can't, if we can't find a way to pacify our fear, if we can't find a way to feel safe immediately by survival, we're just going to hate because it's like that. Okay. So when you're anxious or like some, you know, like you hear, you hear, I was running in the path in, in the trail the other day and there's like bear poo all over the path. Right. And then I heard this like sound in the bushes. I still don't know if it was a bear or not, but I'm I it, like to me, I was like, that's a bear and I'm scared shitless and I'm turning around and I'm running. So I hear this growl in the bushes and I get that fight or flight thing, right? It's either you get frozen or you run. So you either go internally or you go externally. You either act inward or you act outward and either you hate yourself or you hate others. Does that make sense? So that's just my experience. Like I'm not, I don't like, I sound like I'm teaching you guys and I'm not like, I I have no idea what I'm talking about. This is just pure raw Susie thoughts, overtired. Like don't, don't take anything too, too seriously. I'm just thinking. So fear is a breeding ground for hate. So 
we get hurt. We feel pain. We get scared. We hate immediately. Kids don't, it's like, we feel like we need to be strong. So we hate, we act outward. We need to like go protect our children. We need to like walk out there and start chopping heads off. But as kids, they don't have to do that. They don't have to hate anybody as little ones, right? Because our usually, hopefully they have parents there that are like, Hey, we got you. We got you. We'll go chop heads off. We need to chop heads off. You don't have to, you're going to be comforted and we're going to take care of your pain and that's all good. Anyway, so the thing that we do with pain and hate. Now, I don't know if we've all, I don't know if we've all felt hate, but I think we've all felt resentment, right? Like there's always, there's been people that have hurt us before. And there's this like super huge topic on forgiveness and growing up in the evangelical church Forgiveness has been a very, um, like, it's like a dead horse being dragged behind our, you know, like, we talk about forgiveness over and over and over. And when Jesus died on the cross, he's like, Father, Father, please forgive them. They know not what they do. And like, the reason, the only way that we get into the kingdom of heaven is by repenting so like confessing our sins and then God will forgive us what does forgiveness mean okay so just put that to the side just for a second I think when we humans when we start talking about forgiving somebody like well I think you know like those people they're like you know what you just need to learn how to forgive forgive and forget and we get this like idea in our heads, like, okay, well, let's forgive and forget. Like we think like forgiving somebody, the next thought we tend to have, or I do anyways, maybe you guys don't, I don't want to speak for you, but is how can we like, how can we forgive them and let them go? You know, like quote unquote, let them go let's give them freedom, you know, like, let's let, like, as if they're like this tied up, the pain is some like tied up bird or the, or the person that hurt us is like in a, in a cage with the pain that they caused us. And, and by forgiving them, we're unlatching the cage and we're letting that person and our pain fly free. And it's stupid. That's stupid. It doesn't like, okay. The whole premise, like the whole foundation of our pain is that that person took control and used their control to hurt us. So why do we think that we have control to lift the latch on the cage and let the pain free? So forgiving them, you can say it out loud, you can stuff it, you can say, oh, I'm, I'm moving on. But I don't think, I think it's super bogus. So, and this is where it gets kind of like, I got, I got really muddled when I was thinking about this because I was thinking about Jesus on the cross, like the foundation of forgiveness where he's like, father, father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he's hanging there with his nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He's dying. He's in pain, right? So he's in pain. And then he gets scared because he's human as fuck in that moment. And then he cries out to his father, who is God, 
they're separated right now at that in that moment. Father, Father, forgive them. They know what they do. And then he wants to forgive them because you know why? He is in so much fucking pain. And I I don't know that I don't know that I don't know that his his request was granted. I think it was here I am trying to be a religious I literally have a gym degree but maybe while he's got his hands out and he's dying and he's in extreme excruciating pain he's asking God his father to forgive us because we do not know what because he is in pain and what he wants because he's human is for us to understand that in that moment he's human and he doesn't know what the fuck forgiveness is about. Does that make sense? So like, I think forgiveness, so what I'm trying to say is I think forgiveness is fake, it's human, it's messy, it's shitty. I think it's something that we all reach for, but it's not attainable. I think it's... Um, maybe if we translate it to Greek or Roman, like Greek, not Roman, Greek, Hebrew, that maybe it, it's a different word. Like maybe it's not forgiveness. Maybe it's like, I just think the English, English language is so limited. Um, what I think though, when we think about forgiveness, what are we trying to do? Like, do we, we want to forgive them, but like, why? I think we want to do two things. We want to alleviate our pain and we want to be free, which is pretty much the same thing. In as much as we want those two things, it's so ironic that we focus on the other person that hurt us, right? Because like, if we want freedom from our pain, why would we give them the power? Why would we ask them for an apology? Why would we tell them, oh, I forgive you? We shouldn't. It should have nothing to do with them. We should take all of the pain that they caused us, all of like the whole entire. Okay, let's let's talk about like um, a divorce. Okay, so say like well, obviously. Okay, so like me and Andrew, say he hurt me, and I have to forgive him, and I hurt him, and he has to forgive me, okay? So this is, this goes both ways, but I'm just saying for an example, I'm just going to be transparent. He hurt me, I have to forgive him. I'm, I'm resentful, or I'm hateful. I'm not hateful, but like, I'm resentful. So that resentment holds me back from living my best life. So what do I want to do? It's all about me. It's all about me. I'm in pain. It's holding me back from my best life. Andrew hurt me. Like, it's like, I just want, I want the pain alleviated. I want the fear alleviated. So I think forgiveness is a little bit of a joke because we're, we're like, we're not taking responsibility for stuff that, that stuff that could be ours. You know, like if I were to say, Andrew, okay, he didn't do this, but like, Andrew, you threw a ball at my face. He didn't throw a ball at my face. And you hurt me. You threw a ball at my face and you hurt me. And now I resent you. And so I'm going to bring it up with you. Or no, I'm not going to bring it up with you because, okay, let's pretend that he doesn't want to talk to me, okay? So I'm going to go to my therapist and I'm going to learn how to forgive Andrew for throwing a ball at my face. So I'm going to write a letter 
Dear Andrew, I'm really mad that you threw a ball at my face. It really hurt. And I'm going to read it out to my therapist. And then I'm going to get like this empty chair in the therapist's room. And I'm going to read it out to the fake Andrew that's in the chair. And I'm going to say, I forgive you. Okay, like then what? It's nothing. Or like I've heard so many uh, philosophies on forgiveness. Like, oh, it doesn't happen overnight. It's in layers. I think that's such bullshit. I think people who say forgiveness is in layers... They're just buying time because they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I don't think I don't think that you have to forgive anyone. I think everyone should just totally eliminate the word forgive. Forgiveness means I'm human and I don't know what the fuck's going on and I just want everything to be okay and so I'm going to throw that word out there. I think that's what it means. So in order to, so now like what are we supposed to do with our pain then, right? So like that's kind of what we're trying to work through. So we've got a bunch of pain and we think, oh, for going to forgive somebody, that's like some magical equation. Well, I have pain, I'm going to forgive them and then my pain's gone. Doesn't work. So I think what we do with our pain, and this is what has worked for me, is, and I, I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast or maybe two ago, but um, act as if. Okay, so like act as if you're not in pain, but I'm not talking about like pretending that the pain doesn't exist. I'm talking about act as if, hold on, let me think, act as if the pain exists, but you're, you're holding a space for it, right? And that space is a space of compassion, perspective, and love. Okay, so no fear. If there's fear, if there's fear in that space, then it's, your life's going to be shit. So it's going to be fake. So you're going to act as if you're going to, you're going to write, Andrew, you threw a ball in my face. No, I'm not like, I wouldn't even say that, but I'm pretending. Okay. He didn't not throw a ball. This is the stupidest example I've ever thought of in my life, but whatever. Let's pretend Andrew threw a ball in my face, okay? Like, let's pretend he brought the kids back one night and he threw a ball in my face. Um, I, I would, I wouldn't pretend that it didn't happen. Inside my own mind and my own heart, I acknowledge that it's there, that I did that. No, he did that. Like, I would acknowledge that. that there's a space there. I'm not shoving it down. I'm not moving on, right? It's there. It's always there. It's not something that you have to get rid of, right? Like, it can be a part of my story, but it doesn't have to bring me down. It doesn't have to bring us down. It's just there. And the way that I hold that space... is acting as if it's that space is full of compassion and understanding, you know, maybe not even understanding, just compassion and love, right? Because when you fill a space with compassion and love, there's no room for fear. As soon as you say stuff, out loud, like, 
I'm scared he's going to throw a ball in my face again. Where's your focus? I've, I've said this a million times. I, my uncle taught me how to drive years ago and I was driving down the freeway in his little Chevy Chevette and it's got three cylinders and it was like fucking shook every time I would go on the freeway. I would scare the shit out of me. And he passed those big semi trucks and I'd be looking at that semi truck like, oh my fucking God, is that thing going to sideswipe me or what? My whole, the whole little Chevy Chevette would be shaking like a freaking earthquake. And then my uncle Phil was like, Susie, if you look at the semi truck, that's where you're going to go. If you look straight ahead of the road, that's where you're going to go. So if I see that space inside of me that says, Andrew threw a ball at my face. If I see that space as fearful, if I think about the fear of it, is he going to do it again? Then he will, because that's where I'm going. Does that make sense? If I see that space as something like, hey, he threw that, not enable, I'm not, this is a difficult, like it's a tightrope, like I'm not enabling anybody, like, oh, well, he was sad or mad, and so he threw that, and then it's okay. It's not okay, but to hold that space like neutral, like compassion, it happened. It was probably coming from a place of pain. Let's do everything that we can do to not go back there again. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of where I'm at. So it was weird. I don't even know how it started, but like when Andrew and I first split up, like it was, it was ugly. It was super, super ugly. The, like, I'm talking about me. I'm taking ownership of what I did and what I said. I would be like, I'd send him emails telling him that he was, he had a teeny weeny and just a giant piece of shit. And um, I felt validated when I said it because I was in pain. And I would go to bed that night and I'd have to like, I barely slept. Like, I would, I'd be really, really coping hard because... I don't know why. I just didn't, I just didn't like, it was so painful. I'm not, I'm not saying that what I, how I reacted was poor. I'm just saying it was like the way I reacted was just more trauma and more pain. And, and I just, I couldn't handle any more pain inside of my body was consumed by pain and more pain I created by acting like that. And like, I thought that if I told him that he was mean and that he was a piece of shit and like that I would be getting the pain out, but it doesn't work like that because what I'm doing is I'm just like fertilizing that space of pain. I'm fertilizing it. I'm like putting more fear in it. I'm putting more, I'm focusing on it. I'm focusing on the semi truck that I'm going to drive into. But all of a sudden, just one day it clicked and I was like, I just remember my, and I said this before, like my mom said to me as a kid, act as if, and it's weird at first. It's weird. You feel like a farce, but I'm like, I would, and then I would send like a smiley face emoji. And then what happened was it would turn into, um, he felt like I was antagonizing him because I'm sending these smiley face emojis and I'm like, cool, I got to be careful. And it's, it's like a learn as you go thing. Right. And, but but overall, it's been like absolutely life changing for me. I, the way that I act as if has set me free and I'm not ignoring the pain. I'm not um, stuffing it. I'm not forgiving like that, that cliche word. Maybe I am forgiving. Maybe I'm forgiving in the most truest, rawest sense of the word, you know? Maybe that's what Jesus meant when he was hanging on that cross. I don't know. Like, 
the Hebrew Roman, <laughs> I love how I said Roman, right? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's what I'm doing. I don't know. Wow. I think of myself quite loftily, but that's, those are my thoughts today. And I'm probably dragging this podcast episode out way too long. And you guys, if you don't, if you don't grow up evangelical Christian, you're probably like, Oh, I'm tired. (laughs) It's funny because these, okay. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and I have all these thoughts and I'm, I'm sharing all these, these things with you. And I'm really, really valuing the experience of moving through this process of divorce with you and not with you, but like, just like having this recorded. I think it's amazing. And I'm so glad that I just like, I keep doing it. I don't know. Like, I'm just super, super grateful because it's not that like, Whenever I have free time and I want to hang out with my friends and hang out with them, I don't want to talk about the shit. I don't want to talk about forgiveness or pain. Like, I want to talk about, like, sex positions and, like, (laughs) right? Like, I don't... So, but when I'm out there running or when I'm working and I'm listening to podcasts, like, I want to feed my soul. I want to learn how to, like, be free and be happy and, like, be healthy. And so I'm in this way that I'm like why I'm recording this stuff is I kind of want to like pass that along. Like I want, I want you guys to, I know I, it's arrogant of me to think that I'm helping you be free and healthy or whatever, because I really don't have the qualifications to like pass this along. And I'm, I'm a bit nervous about that. Like I don't want, um, cause like, I know there's like a lot of people out there that pretend to be, you know, kinesiologists or nutritionists and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. But and I'm not, I'm not pretending to be a psychologist or a therapist. I'm just literally being like super, like raw, lame ass, washed up, second divorce, five kids from two different dads. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but if I can share any sort of anything that will help you guys feel less alone and give you some sort of hope, then that's what I really am striving for. So yeah, so like that's, this is why I do that. That this is why I do this. So yeah, I feel like I yell, I feel like I yelled into the phone for like an hour, but anyway, okay. Well, I should probably go eat dinner. I have to get up early tomorrow morning. I need to go to bed early tonight. I really need sleep. I'm such a wuss with sleep. Like, I don't know if you guys are wusses at all. There's some people that just like, they can go get like four hours of sleep and be totally fine the next day. I I can't. If like oh, I can barely function, I'm panicking about tonight. Like, am I gonna get enough sleep? Because I gotta work a full day tomorrow. Oh my goodness. Anyway, it's Jake's birthday. It's his twentieth birthday on Monday. We're super stoked about that. I can't believe I have a kid that's turning twenty. It's so crazy. I love it. I love my kids. Oh, they're so amazing. Okay, you guys are tuning out because I'm talking about my kids. Okay, have a good night. Love you all. Okay, bye.